Howdy, everybody. Cable Smith welcoming each and every one of you into episode 119 of Justified Pursuit. It is great to be here with you, as always, and riding shotgun, of course, the good counselor, Chisholm Cook. How are you doing today, man? I'm doing great, buddy. How are you? I am doing great, my friend. Uh, much to, well, I'm doing a lot better than my wife because much to her chagrin, the taxidermist showed up at the house yesterday with a trailer full of stuff. It's like Christmas in March. <laughs> a trailer full. Yeah. yeah. I mean, That's they cool. made, they had four stops in the uh, DFW area. We were the last stop. So they got here at like nine o'clock. And you know, Josh and Becky, they did your mountain lion. I've done a few other things for you. I've got my bobcat right now, too. Yeah. So uh, the cool thing was one of the one of the pieces that they brought was Aaron Snook, which we went fishing for my 40th birthday in Florida for, tr- for Trophy Snook. That's what I wanted to do. And she caught the big one, and I didn't. Like 42 inches or something, right? Totally not jealous at all. I mean, it was my birthday. Uh, but yeah, and so then I asked the, the guy. My wife my, still has the two biggest deer in our family, so yeah, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> so I said, Mike, how big does Snook get? And he goes, he looks at that fish and he goes, that big. And I was like, oh crap! All right, we got to take some measurements and stuff, then take some good pictures. And yeah, uh, I think Aaron kind of knew that I I had hinted around. I was hinted that I was getting that thing mounted for a replica. Not that she cares, but when she saw it, she was like, oh my god, I can't believe it was this big. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's huge. Or the <laughs> yeah, um, uh, I have to admit that's a cool fish. I want to go fish them so bad. Not the prettiest fish in the world. Okay, so there's so there's funny part there. When she's looking at it, she's like, "It's so big. It's a great mount." But she's like, "Gosh, these fish are ugly." Yeah, <laughs> she's they're kind of ugly. And Becky's standing right there, and Becky's like, "Oh," and I'm, and Aaron's like, "No, no, I didn't mean. I mean, the mount is great, but Snook's just not a not that pretty, you know." And it's when not they a get pretty fish, man. When they get bigger, I mean, they kind of lose the yellow. Which yeah, I guess the smaller green. ones when they still have that yellow to green transition are kind of cool, but yeah, the big ones are just like a like a motor oil green color and a, not even silver. It's like they're just real drab, muck, muddy. Yeah, muddy mm-hmm. water, greenish, greenish, muddy water looking. Yeah. So Aaron called her afterwards after they'd left and uh, apologized again. It was like I feel really bad about what I said. They're like, we get it. It's no big. We've been friends a long time. Uh, the other cool thing. Um, in addition to some of the stuff that I got back was my wolf that I trapped in Canada. And here's the funny part. And I knew this was going to happen, but I didn't know any way around it. So it, it went upstairs. We have this window that's kind of dug out. It's like, I don't know, a a beautiful place to put something. And I was like, I've always said that's where the wolf is going. Well, Henry was still awake. So he saw it. And then the, the twins were asleep and the twins' personalities are very different. One of them is just a little more fragile, Frankie. And so she woke up to go to the bathroom at like midnight and was like, why is there a husky staring at me? And started like crying and runs down to our room. <laughs> so that's how that went. And then the other one woke up this morning and looked at it and she goes, huh, that's weird. Oh, that must be dad's wolf. That's funny. Yeah. So Frank I mean, up, might have had a little bit to do with that too if she was like still early in the morning and yeah, <laughs> getting up to yeah. go potty, but uh I, all I got was a picture of the ugly snook. Where is the picture of the wolf? I, I haven't taken those yet. I mean they this was all last night at nine, ten o'clock at night. So I want a better yeah. picture of the sable and of the wolf for sure. I got my buffalo skull back. 
I got Speaking my Fisher, that, my Fisher full body mounted. Like if anyone knows what a Fisher is, a member of the Weasel family. Uh, yeah. So lots <laughs> of cool stuff. You're gonna need a bigger house. Oh, my giraffe skull. Yeah. How big uh, is that? Pretty big. Although I'm kind of pissed. The pe- so the people in Africa, the taxidermists there, they have they have to boil them clearly to get all the flesh off, and then they ship them. But they boil them for so long that they come back brittle. I have to have a talk with them over there. Hmm. A little like they were Josh and Becky were gluing pieces of the giraffe skull back together yesterday. So suck. But yeah. I mean, you can see like it's overcooked. It's it looks brittle and frail. So, yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, so I'm excited about all those cool additions to the house. Uh, did you see? Well, actually, no. Tell. Let's talk about. We just talked a lot about me. What about you? I know you sent me a link to your wife's podcast. She just started, and I listened. Yeah. To that. I was like, wow, she has a great voice for that. Um, yeah, I thought you would say that. Mm-hmm. I have to be honest. Pretty sexy voice is what it sounded like to me, but maybe. No, it's, yeah, I mean, it's your wife. Uh, but I appreciate yeah, I said, that. Yeah, uh, she uh, could. She could definitely get some some listenership going there. I think so. Um, I think that her concept is really cool too, and I think as it evolves, that she'll just get better and better at it. Um, some of the ones that are up. So it's called devote creatively devoted, creatively devoted, um, and you know it's kind of a small business centered faith family kind of catch all type conversation where, you know, she's starting off telling her story about her journey from getting out of college and going to work for a photographer to where she's at right now, which is building her own photography business here in our town. And then the, the market that we host at the property that we've got and, you know, the development of that. But which some of the ones that are she like she recorded. So there was a market on Monday and she spent a good chunk of the market going around and interviewing all the market vendors. Mm-hmm. And so that'll be as like the first few that she's already canned and is trickling out right now, or just her talking. Um, and there'll be like longer ones where she dives into a topic kind of at depth and then a little shorty five minute ones, like the one I sent you. That's the beauty um, of not having a, like, news topics in your podcast is you can record them and release them whenever unlike ours yeah just kind of like well we right. got to do one a week you know like evergreen conversations right yeah. um so so you know from there though she, the, the kind of the bulk will be these conversations she has with all these small business owners that she's meeting you know in our community and just like them telling their stories and you know kind of drawing the connections between everybody kind of deals with the same pile of stuff right but at the same time everybody always feels like they're totally alone and dealing with you know mm-hmm. I, I think it's a really cool concept i think it's going to evolve um and i think it's something that a lot of people are going to find interesting whether they are in business for themselves or have a dream of being especially i think people who have like an idea and haven't had the guts to you know to dive into it, it or, or you know the means or they you know whatever doubts or reservations Rogan had this guy on an author a little while back. I really want to read some of his books, um, but he uses this term resistance. Um, resistance is that thing like for me that keeps me from starting right after my prayers, writing, you know, 500 words in my book, mm-hmm. right? It's all the things that let you get in your own way are resistance uh, and kind of oh, his, his whole 
Well, a big part of what he writes and, and, and talks about is, is overcoming that resistance, right? Um, I should tell Ashley about that guy's stuff and have her read it. But speaking of books, anyway. the Brave New World is not going. It's not going very quickly for me. I have not picked it back you, up. So okay, yeah, we have probably you? ought to commit to. I haven't touched it since <laughs> we, we said we're going to review it in like a month, and we didn't. Apologies right. for uh, sloughing off there. Two people though have emailed and want to see your UFO videos. I had to figure out how to get them to you. I was trying to do that. Sorry, thanks for your patience. But yes, we've had multiple listeners be like, hey, where are these UFO videos Chisholm promised? Or is he just full of crap? Definitely not full of crap. They're calling you out, man. And if you wouldn't have deleted your your social media stuff, then you could just post them your damn self. I mean, the account still exists. I guess I could log on just to do that, but I'm not putting anything else out into the universe at the moment. Let's see. (laughs) download whatsapp right now so i can work on sending that to you did you see the uh colorado guy who was sitting in the hot tub with his wife they got attacked by the mountain lion i heard about it i have not seen a video of it no and there's no i mean just seeing if asking if you had heard it so you have heard about it so there you are you and your wife are relaxing after the day you've you know got a glass of wine trying to get lucky and then all of a sudden another cougar jumps into the situation (laughs) so here's the question chisholm do you think he was too traumatized or do you think he still got some? Like, does his wife feel I don't, like your wife be like, you got attacked by a cougar. Come here. Babe. Let me take care of you, baby. I, from all that, I assume that means he survived it. Yeah, he's fine. He didn't even have to go to the hospital. He just had like, they said superficial scratches on his head. So he got, got pretty lucky, I suppose. Hopefully within at least 24 hours. Yeah. <laughs> I think it would have taken me a minute for the blood flow to uh, become (laughs) to change flow in the direction you would need it to, (laughs) regardless of how superficially I might have been scratched by a mountain. One guy on social media said, uh, said, of course he got attacked by the mountain lion. He looked like a couple of soaking wieners and some boiling water to that thing. Sure, fair. Um, man, that's crazy. Yeah. I can tell you, having been bit by that darn cat, uh, I guarantee he still required treatment for those superficial scratches. Man, that mountain lion when we snared him, I know we've talked about it, but the claws on that cat were so compacted with old what looked like strips of jerky. Mm. Like there's a reason, you know, for the phrase cat scratch fever. Like I guarantee he needed some serious antibiotics. Yeah. Um, oh, sure. We, you know, we didn't get. We didn't get any audio submissions for this weekend tranny talk, unfortunately. So our our audience kind of let us down there. Maybe we just don't have any other uh, folks that are in audio production. Did we Maybe specifically we, ask for that? Yes, it was a okay. request. We need we need a tranny talk sounder to play before we get into our weekly segment on uh, this this mental dysphoria that has overtaken society. But this weekend tranny talk. Uh, you know who Jazz Jennings is? Yes, but I don't know why. Someone well, I mean, TM- I, I know. It's a TMZ know. reality TV star who's had four gender surgeries. Get this, Chisholm. This past week, she came out and said she's still not comfortable in her own skin. No way. After all the surgeries. Didn't work, huh? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, very, she's she's having a really hard time dating. 
uh, surprisingly. No way. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I'm reading her uh, snippets from this article where she was interviewed by people. Uh, she explained that she wishes people could be more empathetic and accepting and loving when it comes to understanding that trans dating experience, being a transgender woman doesn't solely define her. You know, I think it is what's hard for her. Uh, a couple things. Number one, <laughs> dudes don't want to date a dude. And she's attracted to women because she's a dude. That's what I think. <laughs> Why she's still not comfortable in her own skin. Do you remember? She flipped that script, though, and said people are being uh, like bigots and. Okay, so that's coming back around. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. What I was so thinking. So it's, you, yeah. it's, it's my fault and your fault as heterosexual males right. that we're not attracted to a former dude. Right. <laughs> it's your fault. Yeah, so. This was uh, quite the thing um, several years back. Really, to, uh, when the trans thing was still so new that only guys that pay attention to these sorts of things like you and I were aware of it, mm. there, was, um, there was this movement that was kind of global. I remember somebody in Australia, I think like an Australian musician, maybe like a rapper, was catching hate there were there was what do they call it they call it that's that's when the word cisgender when i first became aware of the word cisgender was the first time i heard cisgender. that it's bigoted to be a quote cisgender male or female who's not down with sleeping with a trans person of the opposite, whatever any whatever. trans like person uh, and um I feel like that got, I feel like they quit. You know how, you know how like the left loves to do these little test balloons, right? Mm -hmm. They'll float one of these most extreme, like they're always pushing the envelope. It's still super effective, right? Where they, they test balloon the most extreme version of their positions. And when everybody freaks about it, then they back up from that and you don't hear about it for a long time. But then eventually we end up there. That's what the last decade has definitely taught us, right? So I think that was one of those where it got it got smashed. The idea that you're a bigot if you don't want as a cisgender person to, you know, date, mate with, marry another quote, cisgender person of the opposite sex, right? Um but so I so I hadn't heard I'm looking at uh, alien videos that I'm preparing to send you at the moment. Um, I hadn't heard track, I hadn't heard that that aspect of all this in quite some time. Um, so I'm wondering if Jazz Jennings will be muzzled, or if this is like the attempt to say, "All right, we've pushed this thing to where we think they're ready for this chaos again." Let me know if you've got this WhatsApp message from me. For any of you yeah. doubters, this is me sending in real time. You're listening to me right now, working on sending cable. I don't have it yet, but that's okay. You don't even have a, something for me that says test? Mm -mm. It's your phone number, right? Yeah, it's your phone number. Hmm? Yeah, yeah, it's through your your phone number. Okay, well, send me a test real quick. Uh, This is terrible radio. No, it's not. It's Chism. fine. Everybody's fine. It's not. It's also not radio. It's a podcast. That's true. The other day, Rogan had somebody on. Actually, Luke Combs, that country singer. 
Mm-hmm. Fan of him, not so much his music because it's Nashville crap to me. But but I'm I like. At least it sounds like country. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Actually, I was listening. I'd never listened to the least egregious ones currently. Maybe he's not egregious at all. I don't know if it is. Is is it if it if it isn't Texas country though? I'm just like uh, or or at least he sounds more like Stapleton and the country version, I guess of uh, oh, what's my guy Um, Sturgill. Mm-hmm. I've only listened to two songs. I liked both of them. The first one I loved the lyrics of. Okay, then I'm going to give him another oh. chance. And he seems like a really cool dude, too. Well, he but. likes the hell out of hunting, so. Yeah, there's that. Mm-hmm. Seems like a good dude. Um, so he he was looking up a picture of a giant deer that he had a crack at in Oklahoma this past season and didn't close. Um, And there was this, like, significant dead period where he's like, having to track it down because he couldn't find it in his in his photo file so then he's trying to track it down in a text and he's like he's like oh dead air and joe goes i don't worry about dead air i don't give a shit (laughs) and it's just like yep that's joe you you know take it or leave it man (laughs) what is he gonna do lose a listener right yeah we need all the listeners we can get um so yeah Jazz Jennings, uncomfortable in its own skin. Who would have thought four surgeries later, he'd still be unhappy? Yeah. Yeah, who would have thought? It doesn't um, doesn't really work, according to the, <laughs> st- the, st- the statistics, no matter what they no matter what Also, they this week in tranny talk, did you know that drag is holy? This is... He's got to be California, right? I mean, I'm just going to say from San Francisco because it's so obvious, but this is the Reverend Caleb Lines talking about drag being holy. Great stuff here. Drag is holy. There has been an assault on the rights of drag performers in this country, and we must call out the hypocrisy and the injustice. Jesus called himself a mother hen longing to gather up her chicks. <laughs> okay, so Jesus. And if oh, Jesus wow. can be a mother hen, then you can dress in drag. I've even heard it said that Jesus was and humanity is God in drag. So let me say this again for those of you in the back. Drag is holy. Drag is holy. And of course, you know what he has on. Look at this big old gay pride. What what is the thing when the the pastors preachers wear the scarf or what what is that called? I don't even know. But his is a rainbow flag. Surprise! A frock. The frock. The frock. There you go. What did you think of that? Not much. <laughs> I I well, think so. It's, how do you uh, draw that conclusion from? And I went and looked up the verse. It's Matthew. Good. Yeah, let's talk about that. Matthew 23, 37. This is from the NIV version. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you. How often have I longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings and you were not willing. So break that down, Chisholm. From where from from the actual Bible verse to where this guy is so far on the 
other end of the spectrum here. All right, it was short. Read it for me one more time. Let me let me hear those very specific okay. words. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you. How often have I longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings and you were not willing. Yeah, it definitely doesn't sound sound like he's calling himself a mother hen and therefore female. Not at all. That's called a metaphor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Surprise. Wild leftist bastardizing scripture. Yeah, dude. Hmm. Drag is holy. I'm starting to think that your goal God is and society are actually do what? <laughs> I'm just here to ruin your day. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe we should uh have a show where we just talk about, you know, things that make us feel warm and fuzzy. <sighs> Sometimes that what you need like it would be better. You need some of that in your life. Uh yeah. Okay. Well, um also this week in tranny talk, just to uplift your spirits a little more, Chisholm. I got one more for you here. This is the lieutenant governor of the state, the great state of Minnesota. What happened to Minnesota, dude? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but this is, this is her name is uh, Peggy Flanagan. And this is her take on parents. Because let's be clear. This is life affirming and life saving health care. Yeah. When our children tell us who they are, it is our job as grown-ups to listen and to believe them. That's what it means to be a good parent. That's what it means, Chisholm, to be a good parent. To mutilate your child. No. Where's God in there? He's not. No. Ugh. No. I say no. <laughs> unequivocally absolutely big fat freaking no chance in hell yeah but you Not know what peggy nine. you're going to hell that seems pretty clear to me she better repent pretty quickly yeah you can absolutely steer out of this uh descent into the depths of hell um but uh not until she stops and repents that is so crazy you're 40 are you 41 or 42 42 i'm 41 who would have ever thought when we were kids teenagers whatever that this is the world we would be looking at dude while having kids of our own being like what what happened in the last 20 years 20 i mean that's years? that's the part that's makes me think jesus is coming soon because how much quicker could this thing erode we're still yeah we're still in that reconciliation stage where so many Americans who have identified with a certain political group or, you know, certain ideology are like coming to grips with something that they can't, they, they, just, they can't even believe they're having to talk about. In my mom's words, she doesn't understand why she's having to talk about this, right? And I feel for that. I feel I feel for that, right? And you know, I have decided to learn and understand where it came from, which has given me an understanding that it's been a systematic attack that's now a half century in the making, right? But for the vast majority of Americans, 
they're like, what the hell just happened? Where did this come from? You know, because they don't know that a certain brand of of Marxists have been impregnating our education system with this for, like I said, you know, at, at least 40 years. Some of the, like I think I've mentioned on this show, may even be in one of our old show notes, which one of these days I'll start catching back up again on, that a lady wrote in like, I think it was actually 1984, uh, it was either 82 or 84, a scholarly article about how we should be exposing exposing kids to drag queens. Like even the drag queen thing is not just sudden this like a like a logical rampant outgrowth of the trans thing. It was being embedded into high, <laughs> higher education. We should stop calling college higher education. It is clearly not higher Mm-mm. on any level of existence. The kids or, are getting high. That that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Are you getting these <laughs> WhatsApp texts? Uh, da, 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 da. transmission. Yes, I got I got stuff from Chisholm. Okay, so right. I'll post so the last ones I sent you to me are probably the better ones. They were taken on a Galaxy phone. The first couple were taken on my iPhone. Um, they're very long. I don't know if you'll be able to cut and splice, but uh, I'll, I'll figure it out. I know. I know. I, what I, I was able to do it by just like mirrors, you know, screen mirroring my phone and taking the best bits. Um. So. One correction from last week. Uh, oh, yeah. We should. Speaking of passages, we need to read. Yeah. So yeah. Mickey wanted to clarify that that the Antichrist didn't begin in the Marxist era. Might have become more of a social, a more of a socially acceptable. Did he agree with ideology. the notion that, that that ideology is part of is an Antichrist ideology? He didn't clarify, but we'll, let's yeah. just, he sent me four Mickey, verses. All Mickey, from, I would like to know if you agree that it's an anti, I agree. I see what you're saying. The text is clear. I didn't uh, have a good, I, I've read the whole Bible, but I haven't memorized every word yet. Was that John or first John? Uh, first John. Let's see. No, we'll read first John four, three. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the antichrist of which you have heard that it is coming. And now it is already in the world. So that goes back to the New Testament for sure. Um, so biblically, it's it's just always been in the ether. The Antichrist has been. So anyway, just wanted to clarify that. Uh, I, I don't disagree with what, what you said. Like this was a moment in time where a profound moment in time. And certainly Marxism is a very anti-Christian ideology. No, I mean, by definition, he's, again, it's atheistic and, you know, it's specifically atheistic and specifically based on vengeance, not grace. So it has Mm -hmm. to be an anti-Christian, therefore anti-Christ spirit. Yeah. But yeah, Mickey's right. I mean, and really, dude, like I understood and knew that Satan has always been, you know, the the spirit of evil has existed since the Garden of Eden, right? So it's not... It's not a new thing. I guess what I meant was like the modern version of it started in 1850. Mm. And everything that has come forth since Karl Marx is just a linear descendant of that ideology. What is your take on castrating child rapists? Uh, I mean, this is out of left field and I, I didn't prepare sure you for this, but 
They're just, and I'm just asking because Louisiana has it in state law, and they're actually castrating a guy uh, this week, convicted of uh, child rape multiple times. Chemically, chemically castrating, not actually surgically. That, that would be transgendering him, maybe. I don't know. Weird thing to think about there. Back to tranny talk. Always throwing it back to tranny talk. But uh, what, yeah, what so does that do? Castrate the guy? Uh, maybe he can't get a erection. I don't. We, I don't. Is that true? Like I don't know. I mean, I've never been castrated. You and I have both had vasectomies. No, I haven't. Oh, I've had a vasectomy. I mean, I, that's not. Aaron's tubes are tied. They were in there. They pulled the second twin out, and they said, "Do you want me to take care of this?" And I said, "Why is it already not done?" <laughs> okay. Let's do some Googling. <laughs> <laughs> but do you think it's... I have a thought, uh, but okay. I want to know what I'm talking about. This chemical... My thought is, why is it uh, not I the typed gold in standard? Does chemical, I typed in does chemical, and the first thing that was coming up on Google is castrate. Does chemical castration work? Uh, there it is. Leave you impotent. Third was, does chemical castration stop sex offenders? So obviously, a lot of people Googling that this week. Based off of this head headline out of Louisiana, it does look like Dead. chemical castration has been found to be effective in reducing sex drive. Uh, does not prevent sexual violence or aggressive behavior. Yeah, so I mean, among the disadvantages of castration are depression, impotence, sterility, obesity, osteoporosis, hot flashes, and genital modification. I give zero um, Fs about any of that. Good. I hope that you suffer in perpetuity for what you've done. Well, what I'm going to say is just kill him. There's a hot take that I support. Dude, <laughs> if you're a multi-time convicted sexual predator of children, I don't know how many times it takes for that law in Louisiana to kick in. Mm -hmm. I mean, have I talked to you before about the the trial that I sat in on, or that I was a, I was a juror on? In this, I don't know if you've talked about it on the air. All right, well, let me wrap my take up on that, and then I can tell that story. Okay. If you are preying on children sexually, I don't think there's room for you in this world. What if you're mutilating them through politics? Um, I have a very similar take on those people. Same, same. Yeah. Yeah. They, um, advocating it's, for it's policy, parenting, <clears throat> advocating oh, for parenting. policies as wrongheaded and, and misguided as it is, there's, it's probably different than, than actually being a sexual abuser of children. Um, but I can tell you, you know, everybody knows, everybody knows. Everybody with a brain that's paying attention to the situation knows that one of the major things behind the transitioning of minor children is the money, right? Hmm. You're basically signing a kid up for, as you pointed out a minute ago, a basically a li whatever the le is left of their life, multiple surgeries, multiple medications, Which right? Ultimately spirals into depression. Yeah, I mean, you have to be clinically treated for that. More money. Right. I mean, it's basically handing out money to the to the medical industrial complex. Um, that's evil as hell. Like you know, anybody who's willing to perform those types of procedures just for the money, I don't care what good they think they're doing. They're evil, um, evil, 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 evil. Um, but at the same time, I guess I'll just leave it to God to deal with them. Um, I do think we're supposed to protect children, obviously. Uh, so yeah, 
chemical castration doesn't seem final enough, <laughs> final, final <laughs> enough for solving the problem. Um, I put this on our because it doesn't fix their brain. Instagram, no, it doesn't. No, they could still be a sexual predator. They still have hands. They could still violate someone like that. Yeah, it's, but yeah. if it helps, I, if I, it you causes, know what, you know what it is for me. It's better than doing nothing. Just say, hey, just stay in jail for a little while. I like that option better than the nothing alternative. Um, I guess here's what I put on Justified Pursuit. No one had an issue with drag shows until you involve kids. No one had an issue with sex yeah. changes until you involve kids. It's not about trans rights. It's about children's rights. I think that sums up this battle that we're constantly engaged in on this show and in society against this ridiculous movement of embracing mental illness. Is this what true? Yeah. Like, yep. Um, Tell your story. Yeah. So if I have told this on this show before, I apologize. Um, when we lived up in the Conroe area, I got called for jury duty. And I guess it's the only time I've ever been called for jury duty, which is interesting that this is what it ended up being. So I show up on a Monday morning for jury, jury duty. And I'm in this, for anybody who's never done that, you know, you're, you're part of, I don't know, 50 people. Depends on the case. Mm-hmm. can be... You know, the, the size of the jury pool kind of varies depending on how profile the case is. The more high profile it is, the more people they'll try to pull from to find jurors who haven't heard about the matter or, or whatever, right? Well, this was not one of those, probably 50 of us, 60 maybe. We sit in this box and the prosecuting attorneys and the defense attorneys ask some questions in the legal profession that's called, depending on what part of the country you're from, either Wadir or Vordier. Um, but it basically means to question the jurors, potential jurors, to sort of weed out those that are biased. Um, but there's like rules of procedure for all that. But <clears throat> it became clear we were dealing with a case that was going to involve sexual crimes, mm-hmm. um, but not more specific than that necessarily, but just based on the questions, right? Yeah, you know, one of the questions was like, do you believe um, in the idea of being, you know, innocent until proven guilty? Sure, yes. Do you believe that if you're here, then that would mean likely that somebody's guilty of something, right? And somebody who says yes to that gets booted, right? Ooh, so that's what I need to do when I go for jury duty. <laughs> I'm not going to suggest this. You should always be honest. But if you say we wouldn't be here if this guy wasn't guilty, you will not get to sit on the jury for sure. <laughs> <clears throat> so everyone make note of that if you are trying to avoid jury that is not my counsel as a licensed attorney in the state of texas whose license is in dormant status mm-hmm. put all that down. they pay like six dollars an hour <laughs> yeah <laughs> um this was an interesting experience and i wouldn't give it back but it's something i definitely don't prefer to sit through again so mm-hmm. so we finally get to the point where They've weeded out a bunch of people, and what they do is they just count, like, of what's left, they count 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 12, 11, 12, you 12, come with us. And I think they teed up the case, and then, like, Tuesday it started. And what it turned out to be, and we learned all this after the fact from the judge. We didn't know this at the time. At the time of the, the trial, which ended up only being one day, 
but they tell you be prepared for a week, right? We were, you know, the, the case was the state of Texas against a gentleman, I'm using that word real loosely, who had already been multiple times convicted of sexual offenses with minor children. And I'm not talking about a 20-year-old guy and a 17-year-old girl. I'm talking about a dude from the dude from Sling Blade. Why do we let these people out? I'm talking about the dude from Sling Blade with like 12-year-old girls. And I really mean like he looked and sounded like the guy from Sling Blade. Mm. Billy Bob Thornton's character yeah. from Sling Blade. <clears throat> Which is relevant to the case. So so we go through you know there there's a there's a psychiatrist that comes that had been working with this gentleman. He had been in jail. In fact, he was in jail. Mm-hmm. Turns out he was in jail at the time. He wasn't out. We 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 heard from a shrink who had been working with the guy. Um, I think maybe we heard from a shrink the defense hired that tried to sort of downplay it. But at the end of the day, we were looking at a statute that's on the books in Texas that gives the state the right to take a person out of like a maximum security penitentiary or whatever level he was in into one of, I think, two state facilities in the entire state of Texas that house the worst of the worst. Mm-hmm. And basically, they're there for life at that point. So it was a life sentence to like an Ubermax specialty facility that, like I said, the, the, the worst of the worst of the worst go to. And the determination, the statute said, it was two, two major, two main parts. The first was this person must have been convicted at least twice, convicted, not charged, but convicted at least twice of a sexual crime. Uh, and then the second part was they must be suffering from a mental abnormality. So that's a two, there's a two part to the second part. Yeah. Mental abnormality, part 1A or 2A. I would say that if you are a two times over sex offender, you you fit the bill of someone suffering from a mental disorder of some kind. Dude, maybe again, like you got an 18 year old dude dating a 16 year old girl, right? And then maybe when he turns 19, he's dating a different 17. There's scenarios, right? Like Mm -hmm. there's scenarios you could imagine that a person could grow out of, right? Right. Um, You know, there's people who have gotten charged with sexual crimes because they took a leak in the wrong place, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, we're not talking about those. Right. We're not. That's the thing is this was like violent. I think that, I think the first part was a violent sexual felony convicted of a violent sexual felony. And then again, so the second, which was also sub sub two parts, mental abnormality that the second to be was made it likely that he would, he or she would do it again. Right. So there was three boxes that had to been checked, right? Suffice it to say, we heard from the shrink, seemed pretty clear this guy was sick. They put him on the stand because apparently there's no um, uh, Fifth Amendment right to not have to testify, I guess, because he's already been convicted of these things. Well, and because he's already in prison, I guess. And this is just a matter of what prison he's in. They put this poor sling sling blade cat on the stand and the prosecutor just walks him on down the primrose path. He's talking about all the techniques that the shrink had taught him to suppress these urges 
But then he starts talking about how like when he sees a little girl, he's always like he's always sort of visualized her like a lion sees like a steak. Good lord. So they just ask him point blank. If you were to be let out, do you think this is something that would likely happen again? And he goes, I can't lie. Probably so. And at that point, I wanted to raise my hand and say, are we done? <laughs> Call it a day. <laughs> like, I think we checked all the boxes, guys. <laughs> but we had to go through the rest of the motions. So we, you know, break to determine this cat's fate. and Unanimous. You know, yeah. Yeah. And it had to be. Yeah. But, you know, I mentioned... I'm actually an attorney, so everybody votes me to be the foreman, uh, jury foreman. So I'm the one that's supposed to count the votes. And, you know, so we go through the process. We're like, okay, let's look at it. He said this, he said that, he said that, but here's what the statute says, and here's what he also said, and here's what the shrink said. And, you know, we give it 15, 20 minutes of bouncing it back and forth. And there were people like trying to earnestly, in good faith, trying to find a way to defend this guy. And then it was like, all right, let's vote. Does he meet the statute? And 12 hands are like, yep. <clears throat> so we sent the guy away. And then the judge came in to thank us for our service. And he explained more about what we had been through. Turns out, I think it's two, two penitentiaries that house these cats. There's also only two courts in the state of Texas that try these cases. Oh. One is in Conroe, uh, like the 245th uh, district court or something like that. And I don't remember where the other one is, but there's only two courts in the whole state that try this specific case. There's a group of like six or eight prosecutors that are that work for the state of Texas that tried these cases and a group of like six or eight public defendants. So it's like the same Ooh, attorneys. That's a every, job that I would never want to publicly defend dude. these people. Miserable. So it's I, the I, same, what a depressing existence knowing you're like, defending the scum of the scum of the earth. It's like the same dozen plus attorneys and two judges in the whole state of Texas that Oof. try every one of these things. And the judge told us all that. And he said that this has been his job for, I don't even remember how many years he tries 50 cases a year. Everyone is a potential week long deal, right? He gets two weeks off and never once basically the process is so restricted and maybe it's an underfunding issue. I, I don't know that, they only get sent people who are undeniably already like they know when they send them this cat is checking these three boxes um so 50 weeks a year this is the trial that he deals with this is what these attorneys do for their livings every single person that's ever been brought before him has ended up going to one of these facilities mm -hmm. and he's like and i'm telling you there are hundreds if not thousands more as we speak in regular state pens or whatever that are just waiting to, you know, have their day in his court. But man, you want to talk about a demoralizing job. Imagine being an attorney for the state of Texas who defends those bastards. Poor sick bastards that they are. Demons. It's got to be demons that possess them. I don't them. know. Like, like that. They they just know going in, they're gonna like they don't they don't have a snowball's chance in hell ever. It's like it's doing a uh, justified pursuit. Franny talk on a loop for your job forever. <laughs> so it was a man and a woman. Where's the woman the was part? like eight months pregnant. Uh, I just remember that because she just looked like uncomfortable and miserable. And she was like, <clears throat> like leaning back in her chair. 
And when that man said, I can't lie, I think I would do it again, they just both like, like they just like literally like threw their hands up and like rolled their eyes and they were like, <laughs> crap. Like, not winning today. <laughs> Thought yeah. maybe today was the day. Nope, the yeah. day's not the day. <laughs> you lose Owen again. 65. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, and <sighs> oh man. Um, it was interesting. It was interesting to just learn about the whole process that there's like a whole dedicated system for that. And yeah, there's uh there's some good news I saw this week from our home state. And I, I, I didn't think know that there was any such thing anymore. Other there than is the gospel. There is. But I mean, it has to do with transgender crap, but it was good news because <laughs> it wants to protect children. And here's the bill that was uh, introduced. It is it, it makes drag shows sexual acts and therefore they cannot be done in public imagine that so can't do them in public which i think would be wonderful should already be a law right i mean women can't just strip down in public i mean yeah i gotta go to a strip club for that so we're we're protecting these trans people and and you know holy drag shows no more amen dude uh, so good news that's gotta be one of the dude i just feel like of course the left takes it and and instead of being like protecting children they're like oh you bunch of bigots you know yeah it's an anti-trans anti-lgbtq anti anti whatever that i it feels like the dam has to break that this stuff is so uh, obviously horrendous that it's gonna it's gonna cause like a cultural awakening but man i guess the reality is i did I, I cannot stress enough anybody who who believes in god but has not but when you read about jesus casting demons out of people and those demons then possessing pigs and running into the sea like if you cherry pick the Bible and don't think that part's true, look at this, dude. This is not normal. This is a spirit of evil that has possessed a significant amount, enough amount of the country that it is now being promoted from the White House, the presidency of the United States, the chambers of the Senate. Like, there's no explaining this. There's no defending from a rational normal basis of ethics the idea that we should be exposing children to drag queens there's none mm -hmm. so again i beg everyone listening to this show if you don't believe in demonic possession and the idea that there is the spiritual warfare going on every second of every day of every moment of all of time this has to prove it to you that's all that can explain it well it, go, and going back to the the uh the piece I, I put up on our social media about hey nobody really cared until you brought kids into it um i'm not going to say it's the same with gay pride and stuff but i do feel like they're they've taken it to the next level where they just constantly want to shove it in your face like it it was like hey do what you want to do at your own house i don't care personally you know i have family that's gay i, I don't care Really We're on record a, a million times saying that we do but, not judge people, but we will judge 
actions like this like so but here's here's where i'm going with this is the uh san jose sharks had a gay pride night on saturday just gate up the whole hockey arena and the goalie james raymer who probably now has the number one selling jersey in the nhl uh he said based off of his christian uh beliefs he would not be participating in the pregame skate donning a rainbow jersey he just wasn't going to do it and uh of course they had some minor league players say oh he was so upset he wished that everybody would get behind it and were inclusive dude here's the most egregious thing is and this is from media research they just went through some of the tweets so the san jose sharks you know if you follow any professional team they're like live tweeting updates on their twitter feeds is you know what a hit by jeremy roenig or Dak throws an interception or whatever it is. So the, the the San Jose Sharks on Saturday night said, no, we're not doing any of that. And all they did was tweet about gay stuff. L- take a listen to this. If you expected highlights of gameplay from the Twitter account of the NHL's San Jose Sharks on Saturday, well, forget it. As the Sharks informed their fan base that information on LGBTQIA plus topics were far more important. The Sharks tweeted out, During tonight's game, in lieu of our normal game content, we'll be using this platform to offer information and facts about LGBTQIA plus topics. Our hope is that this content will serve as a reminder that there are issues more important than goals, highlights, and wins. Uh, it's a hockey game. That's all that matters. From there, the Alphabet Mob tweet spree began, and it got weird real fast. It's diving into other cultures that are normally not often associated with hockey, the actual basis of the Sharks' existence. (laughs) The San Jose Sharks let us know that some other cultures have a hat trick of genders, claiming some have a fourth and fifth gender as well. Instead of updates on cross-checking penalties, they gave historic cross-dressing points. The Twitter stream swam with pride on the mouches of the Zapotec culture. They're essentially drag queens of the past, but they failed to mention the Zapotecs also seem to have an affinity for human sacrifice, oh. just like the leftists that support Planned Parenthood. Twitter response <laughs> Who is this guy? I need this guy in my life. This was definitely the moment that the San Jose NHL team really jumped the shark. Yeah, he's oh. just one of the reporters for a media research center. I, great follow on social media if you don't follow them already. Uh, but yeah, dude. The, the Zapotecs, who were into drag queen and also uh, human sacrifice. Sounds like modern-day Zapotecs we're living with. But the, the whole point of this was, what in God's name does any of that have to do with hockey? Stop shoving it in my face. I don't care. You be gay, I don't give a crap. I'm happy for you. It has nothing to do with professional sports. Actually, it has less to do with male professional sports than any other segment of the population where what maybe there's one gay player maybe maybe <laughs> yep instead <laughs> <laughs> oh man um so many of the shows that i listen to they'll look at something like you know, Joe Biden's election or the prospect of a, another Trump run is like, well, it's good for the show. <laughs> like, what would we talk about if if the devil has not had not like driven leftists to the like highest 
heights of insanity. What, what would what would we talk about? Um, but we'd find something. We'd probably talk about hunting and fishing and family more. Um, yeah, it's it's a weird time to be alive, bro. Yeah, it is. It is weird time to be alive. Um, what it, do you have anything on your show notes? I have only have two more things for today. Is there anything um, you, you wanted to bring to the table? My show notes, yeah. I was like, I like the, he doesn't uh, have any, by the way, y'all. I actually I I like, have a, a run I like the here. inference that I am maintaining show notes. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to you know, just, my just, partner up. Man, right now the, the news is full of bank stuff. Trump I, apparently is getting arrested. Trump getting arrested for hush money. Can you imagine? Like Trump is this enigma that they just and they can't leave him alone we have a sitting president who has done far more corrupt things than trump yeah. ever did trump got accused a lot of i mean far more entire russian hoaxes paid for by hillary clinton to, proven to be unequivocally false that he had anything to do with it and yet here we have a sitting president who we know whose son has taken money from ukraine from china and we don't think that the president himself saw any of that or had any influence on those dealings that got Hunter those paychecks? It's my oh, dude, I mean, I heard somebody talking, uh, I don't even remember who or where, about how during the 90s, the Clinton-Lewinsky thing, like there was a payoff to silence Lewinsky that was even mentioned in like, impeachment proceedings there were no criminal criminal actions that came there's not there i mean okay first of all are you aware of the, the alleged charges that may be filed today and like what they're based on yeah that he paid off stormy daniels the porn right, star to shut yeah. up there's never once been an allegation that the relationship that they had was not consensual so it's not like he paid her to suppress a crime mm -hmm. like a rape he paid her just to not talk about their sex life. How, you know, meanwhile, has anybody that flown, flew on Jeffrey Epstein's jet to no. rape Island been brought up on charges for anything? No, but I saw that someone was tweeting out like last week that those names were going to be released. Yeah, they've been saying that for a month. Yeah. Maybe it was Tucker Carlson saying they were going to. Be released but then there's jimmy kimball saying tucker better not release those those names well, oh i don't you're probably on it jimmy that's probably why what jimmy kimmell said that <laughs> yeah surprised he even addressed it but yeah what was his basis uh no he just he made he made some in one of his monologues i don't know i saw the clip i don't remember exactly what he said uh but who else it, there was a politician that also oh uh schumer Schumer was yeah, I'm saying, sure McConnell and no, no, just Schumer things. was saying that uh, Tucker Carlson needed to be pulled off the air if he starts to give out the names of the people. This is this actually happened. This is the world we live in. Yeah, I um. So Trump going to jail. They, they just can't leave this guy. They're so afraid of him. They just can't leave him. They have to. How many times was he uh, impeached? Mm, twice. I think. Then there's this new fungus, Chisholm. 
But it's like, I know you don't watch uh, much TV and you probably haven't invested any time in the really worthless show called uh, The Last of Us. But I have, I did watch the first season and it's a fungus that turns everyone into zombies. And now it's like, here, oh, this fungus. Uh, I don't know if you've been paying attention to that, but. Yeah, I think I saw something about a fungus. There's a fungus now that's like everyone's all worked up about. I'm sure they'll have a vaccine for it that they'll make you take in 18 months uh, to cure you of it, but it won't actually cure you. You'll still get just as sick as the people that don't take the shot. Uh, last thing I have is on... Uh, so, Columbia professor John McWhorter was on with uh, Bill Maher last week. And you know anything about McWhorter? No, I do not. Have you ever heard of him before this? I have not. I know he's Interesting a guy. well-known author, but I, yeah. I don't know anything about him. Yeah, he's actually a professor of linguistics. Um, and yeah, he wrote an anti-woke book. Uh, he's definitely a liberal by mm. any pre-2016 definition. Um, you know, definitely hates Trump. Definitely still defends Barack Obama, but also definitely is not down with anti-racism uh, oh, but to clarify, he's also a brilliant black man for whatever that's worth. Mm-hmm. And, it, and so far as it relates to anti-racism and all that sort of stuff, not into anti-racism, not into Ibram X. Kendi, not into woke bullshit, um, but also not totally, totally awake to all these things. If I, Well, he's awake you know. to uh, DEI, and I'm going to play this clip from Bill Maher. This was last week's. Uh, oh, recording. so he's specifically going after DEI? Oh, dude, it's good. It is good. It's a great question that Bill tees up for him. And I and I will admit that I just assumed, not knowing who McWhorter was, that you know, here's a black guy who's gonna go on and talk about, you know, I'm I'm glad I agree and blah blah. And so I I was guilty of like judging a book by its cover, you know, I did. And you know, well, I'll be I'll be frank though. Uh social media and the news have taught us. They've they've before what's his face got killed. Uh what's the guy's name? Before that happened, we've talked about it. Like, and I've used the uh, analogy of walking to a Seven Eleven, see a black guy, head nod to him, nothing. I don't see because I don't see anything. Right? It was just a day at the office. Now you walk in and it's awkward. It's like, does this guy think I'm racist because I'm white? Yeah. Well, Why as we've talked about, him? being colorblind is now considered racist. That's uh, that is not that, that's a stretch. That's that is thing. not a white guy who's making stuff up. That's what they say. Yeah. They, so anyway, say I was like, you're okay. not allowed to be colorblind. You must be seeing race all the time. And to your point, yeah, it's <laughs> colorblind was a good thing. I thought that's what God. But I, again, I'll stress like this is really interesting because this guy McWhorter is not. So he does a show with um, darn it. What's the other cat's name um, with another uh, black professor who was part of the Reagan administration, who's a staunch conservative economic ec- economist. Mm. Um it's not Thomas Sowell, but but he's sort of an acolyte of Thomas Sowell's. And he's like the right-leaning, the hard right-leaning guy. And then um, McWhorter's actually the left-leaning guy. And I'm telling you all, like, understand this is a otherwise pretty typical academic who's very sensitive to the conversations that we have in this country about race and oppression. So, you know, with that as a background, this is not like, a, this is not like a right wing firebrand black man. This is a man who, like I said, as of a year ago when I was listening to their show, was still defending Barack Obama. So, hmm. all um, right, well, let's take a listen to yeah. it. What is the difference between equity and equality in your view? Oh, the 
The difference is a truly sneaky, terrible thing. <laughs> equity. <laughs> okay. Equity is this, this wormy word. The idea is that you're going to have equality by forcing the issue, by bringing people into positions that they're not qualified for yet so that everything looks, quote unquote, like America. So it sounds like equality, and you say equity, and you figure it's the same thing. But it's a euphemism. They're, they're trying to slip in without letting you know that it's going to be equality accomplished in a way that you probably wouldn't like. It's like if you say to somebody, well, before I let you go, and you say that to them, and they didn't say that they wanted to be like that. Really, you just want to get rid of them. Or if you talk about diversity, well, imagine talking to Franklin D. Roosevelt about diversity. When we say diversity, what we mean is changing standards for various reasons for black and Latino and sometimes Native American people. That's what diversity means. You just don't want to say it. Equity means that you force equality and you kind of weasel your way through it and so it's like you take the word equality and you kind of knock the al out of it it's like bam bam it's like bam bam and you knock it out and you've got equity and the people who do this so, think that that's the right thing because they are on the side of the angels and right. they have to have this fake <laughs> equality and what it means it, what it means is this this dei it's not an accident that dei is the first three letters of of deity these people think of themselves as gods. <laughs> None of this is an accident. So that's what equity means, whether Bernie Sanders knows it or not. It's a weasel word. I love the dig there at the end on Bernie, because yeah. Bernie was on, I think, with Marr just the week prior, right? Mm -hmm. Was it Bernie yeah, on Marr? recently, yeah. Yeah, and he was asked about the definition of equity, and Bernie the commie didn't know what it meant, and he actually reverted to old-school equality which is hilarious. Uh, but also, I guess, you know, when he's pressed about his three homes, including like a mountain home and a lake house, and he's like, well, if you write a book, you can make a million dollars too. And it's like, right, that's called capitalism, burn. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So it's a walking contradiction. But yeah, so I was guilty. Well, you know, it's Bill Maher's show. So I'm like, okay, here's, this is what, where this is going to go. And then, and I was expecting Bill Maher to be the one because historically, and we've played some clips where he's like, I'm not down with critical race theory. And I thought they were going to have that back and forth. But no, this guy totally went uh, the, the opposite direction. And then when he, I'd never seen anyone connect the dots on DEI and DD before. Yeah. That was interesting. I, I had heard, you know, for a while it was diverse, you know, you can rearrange it and it's diversity, inclusion, and equity. And I heard somebody pointing out, and that stands for die, where it's going to, we're all going to die from <laughs> it, right? But that they always refer to it as DEI. And that is very interesting because they definitely think that they're gods that can, you know, I mean, dude, again, Karl Marx erased God mm. from his ideal socialist man, utopia, and replaced it with government because he believed he could engineer society into his version of equity slash equality. Yeah, that is absolutely. I love that. You're right. Playing God. And that's where, like I mentioned, he's a link professor of linguistics. So mm -hmm. that's sort of the way he views the world. It's pretty cool. Yeah. He's a really smart guy. I, I enjoy listening to him. Um, no idea. You're the guy that listens to all the other podcasts, not me. So, right. That's in your wheelhouse. Uh, I don't have anything else. Do you? When it on that um, how much lower do you think through this? I still love, I keep seeing like, I keep seeing articles saying like that, you know, 
throwing out there the possibility that we might end up in a recession. It's like <laughs> uh, Glenn Lowry oh. is the guy's name. Glenn Lowry. Oh, okay, I've heard is, of him before. Yeah, is an economist. Those two do a show together. Um, sounds like Glenn may be winning. It, the guy that you just played, uh, what was his name again? Um, McWhorter. McWh- McWhorter. Yeah, he's a pretty reasonable guy. It sounds like he's getting more and more red pilled. He wrote a book that was a bestseller that was really important that we should reference and probably read to be fair. I want to mention that all of the microphone hits, it sounds like this, dink, 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 dink. That is 100% Chisholm. I just want y'all to know that it is. I'm not touching my microphone, you liar. It is you touching your desk, and it's the microphone is picking it up. Guarantee it 100%. There it was again. So anyway, I just... We we do need also need the sounder for Chisholm's weekly audio meltdown. I just wanted to uh, ah, this is his book, <laughs> woke racism. That's what his book is called. I mean, like again, said as perfectly and summarily as only a linguistic could a linguist could pull off. Woke racism: How a religion how a religion has betrayed Black America by John McWhorter. Define woke again. You put it very eloquently couple shows ago and i was watching the baylor game with a mutual friend of ours and we got into it and he was like well tell me what woke is and i was like well i'll give you my definition but chisholm said it a lot better than me uh but i couldn't i couldn't remember it word ver- verbatim so i don't know it was something said. like preferring feelings over uh feelings and emotions over facts logic and reason right okay. yeah that sums it up yeah it, that's me paraphrasing what the person I heard say. It was the same general, you know, premise. Well, that's all I've got, my friend. I enjoyed it as always. Hope you all did too. Uh, Less than two weeks to Turkey. Turkey's turkeys getting shot in the face. Have you had any dreams about gobbles? I I have uh, had some dreams. Uh, No, I haven't had any dreams about gobbles, but I do have my box call right here. I need to get my gear. I have to. I don't. I don't. I didn't even hear that. It's weird. Boom! Right in the face, Turkey. Oh, so two shotguns. Uh, Henry and Stella are going with me, and right. but and Frankie's like, well, you know, I'll go next year. But she is the one that said, "Dad, when are we going to eat more turkey nuggets?" So she loves the fried turkey nuggets. But she's looking forward to that. Turkey are a big, uh, definitely a favorite in this household as well. Um, I literally, I may have mentioned this on the show, but like a week or two after deer season ended, I had my first dream about gobbling turkeys and I've probably had four or five since then. Mm. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I happened to get up pretty early and I was outside at probably like six o'clock, still dark before the time change. I heard one fire off somewhere in our neighborhood. Do you have turkeys in your neighborhood? Yeah, it must've come from the Creek down there. So if you go to the end of my street, the mm-hmm. street that runs perpendicular to that is the edge of the neighborhood. Yeah. And there's a creek at the back of those people's properties and then like big properties on the other side of that. Some big ones like 100 acre little ranches, mm-hmm. branches, you know. Um, and so that draw has got turkeys in them. I see them more and more. Uh, I've been uh, during the wintertime, I guess, when I have a nice day and I jump on my bike. There's this one family that lives backing up to that creek that must put some feet out or something but at least half a dozen times i saw turkey hmm. uh pre pre gobbling season hey i have one other question for you we haven't talked about this in a long time what's up with your buffalo 
We about ready to slaughter. Oh, I was going to mention that earlier when you mentioned the buffalo skull. Uh, I guess you were probably talking about like a cape buffalo, cape buffalo right? Buffalo, but, yeah. Um, yeah, I got the call yesterday that my meat is ready. Oh, so he's already slaughtered. Yeah, two hundred fifty-two <laughs> pounds, I think, of buffalo meat I got to go pick up in Kerrville. And what did you pay for? What was your total investment in this buffalo? Just to, like since we aren't, well, since they're talking about a recession and somehow meat keeps going up and people are making less money. Let's uh, do the math. What is so it, I think what is I it? paid. I think I paid a grand for the animal. Mm-hmm. I think we paid a grand a piece for two of them. And then you just fed him on the open range that you and your buddies. He mostly just to. ate grass, but we did do some supplemental feeding with some protein cubes and then some sweet feed at the end. So let mm-hmm. me say I put an extra. Oh, and some hay bales. I'll round way up. I don't think it was five hundred, but okay. let's call it five hundred. So fifteen hundred dollar investment for two hundred and twenty something pounds of meat. Yeah, and I think I owe seven fifty for the processing. Uh-huh. Seven fifty. It was in that ballpark. So that divided by two fifty two, about nine bucks a pound all in. It's not terrible for buffalo meat. Uh, yeah, but buffalo is more expensive than steak. So, yeah. But and, I, and again, I know like, I added a couple hundred dollars to that because I didn't end up spending five hundred dollars on hay and sweet feet. I don't think for a whole uh, buffalo, maybe. What and, was his name? Oh, the kid, my my buddy's kids named one hamburger and the other <laughs> something less. <laughs> That's a problem. The other was like fart or something. It was pretty silly. <laughs> buffalo uh, meat. How much is buffalo meat? Let's see. You know, more more and more people are buying like, and they're not going out and. Because they probably don't have the the place to uh, feed a buffalo, but even even people that live in my neighborhood are like, I'm buying half a cow this year, or I'm buying a quarter, or I'm splitting half a cow with someone. You know? Yeah, that's a good way to do it mm-hmm. for sure. So this says the average wholesale cost wholesale cost wholesale um, is over ten bucks a pound. Wow! So oh, good, yeah, good deal. That's wholesale from like bison website, like bison ranch websites. Oh, I love so if it's ten bucks a pound from them, it's you know more than that if you buy it at a butcher or wherever that would have it. So yeah, I think we made a good deal. Yeah, good deal. Well, good boy, hamburger. That's right. Well, that's gonna do it for episode freezer one nineteen of Justified Pursuit. For Chisholm Cook, I'm Cable Smith, and we will see you guys next week. <laughs> I put my ear right to the ground just to hear those motors humming. Pounding sound of hoof beats like a thousand guitars strumming. And there is music in all this, it is all material. Before the beauty melts like snow, chase the purple.